Super Bowl 58 is finally here as the Kansas City Chiefs will do battle with the San Francisco 49ers for the NFL's 58th edition of the championship game in Las Vegas coming up this Sunday. The Chicago Bears get three former players into the Hall of Fame, NFL honors, and will have the Chicago Bulls who decide to stay in pack. They won their last two games in a row. All that and a whole lot more, plus our Super Bowl prop bets and a whole lot more fun. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Second City Sports. The Friday edition starts right now. Welcome to this fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Oh Chicago. I'm Sid the Kid, Sydney Brown. That's me, McKean McGee over there. That is she. You can follow Yoshili on the Twitter, X, and the IG at Sidkid80. Once again, it's Sidkid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow McKean McGee on the Twitter, X, I can't score again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jiggly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Like, you know, we get them up on the screen for you. But you've decided to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakina full powers to give you full severe land beer boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you that you can catch Sports on Chicago, not now, but right now, live in the living color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports phone and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC, just hit up the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. And we will be providing you. We, we're, we're your place here on Second City Sports. Of course, we're going to do we're gonna do hard with the first hour. We'll, we'll talk Bulls as a Sam Pat during a trade line. But I got a couple of big wins uh, this week. And, of course, we'll talk about some of the, the big trades that went down in the NBA yesterday. Also, too, some college hoops, some big matches coming up this weekend. So stay tuned for that. And also, we're going to have our second hour. It's going to be our Super Bowl Power Hour. Al Sacco, co-host of the No Huddle podcast for the 49ers. 
It'll show us at the top of the hour to talk uh, the previous Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and the Chiefs. And also, too, of course, we'll have we'll do our keys, prop, prop bets, and a whole lot more. But first, Sid, uh, the, the Bulls, as we all expected, you know, we thought that the Bulls would stand pat during the, the trade deadline, didn't make any big moves. I think I saw a stat where they haven't made a, a big move since – I guess what since 2018, I think 2018 or 2019 was the last year they uh they actually made a trade. That was the Laurie trade. So, and of course after that there really hasn't been much to say about that. But you know what? Look, they got a they came back. You know, not not a pretty not pretty, but they got a good win against the Grizzlies. But they probably pulled off one of the biggest upsets of this week by beating uh the T Wolves. So uh, say so what you think. Which first of all, what you think about the uh, the Bulls? Uh, not. Not a big surprise that they pep off to their week this week. On the trade deadline, uh, just as we expected, and we talked about it on this program for the last couple of weeks, that we knew that the Bulls, bless you, we knew that the Bulls, that <laughs> we knew that the Bulls weren't going to make any big moves because, as we said before, this current management staff were told by Bulls manage, uh, um, ownership to um, turn this thing around and make this make this team competitive. Technically, they've done that on paper, but when you look under the hood of the car, when you find so many other problems, that's where the that's where the whole issue lies, and that's where we're looking at with this Bulls team right now. Here's the thing, Lakina: all the pieces that we thought they were going to go, go like Demar Derozan, Andre Drummond, and Alex Caruso, as we told you that they had he had the most value. The Bulls put the price trading price so high that other teams weren't really to risk their futures to do that. So. And the Bulls told the rest of the league, you can have our players, but you're going to have them at our price, which was set so high. Other teams said, oh, we'll try again over the summer. We're not going to mess with that now. Now, as far as their week is concerned, you mentioned they pulled out one of the biggest upsets on Tuesday against the Timberwolves at home. I know Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards both did their thing, along with McDaniels as well, shooting lights up on three-point range. But Kobe White came through in the fourth quarter and in overtime to help bail out the Chicago Bulls. He just about did the same thing last night as the Bulls came back in the fourth quarter to beat a below-average Grizzlies team, certainly without John Moran and Desmond Bain. So the Bulls, if it wasn't for Kobe White, first and foremost, uh, this Bulls team would be one and one at, at best right now. Yeah, and I, and I think look, I know, I, I know, because I'm, I'm, I know, uh, AK did a presser. Uh, I wish we had a, a clip about that, but, uh, but I mean, it, it kind of feels like I don't want to say he seems broken. I, I don't know which was worse, uh, the presser itself or the people's reaction to the presser, because it was just like, what would y'all expect? I mean, they weren't gonna give up Bill Demar, they weren't gonna give up Caruso, they weren't gonna give up Vooch. So I don't know what what y'all thought was gonna happen. I mean, for anybody that wants them to tear it down and start over, well. I mean, you want to be in or you want to be Orlando for the next decade. That doesn't happen then for the last decade. So, I mean, you might as well just see stay the course. I know this. I know you talk about the stand. I know AK talk about the standings and people went nuts. But I mean, if you think about it, break it down. They're only about three games out from the from the seventh spot. So, I, I guess that's how kind of how we went by. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, P Will's going to be out for a little bit. We know Zach's done for the season. For me, I just think at this point, you just try to, you know, finish it out and just see where it, where it goes. I mean, if you end up getting a seven, you know, a seven seed, okay, fine. You get a chance for actually get a chance to host a playoff uh, playing game. So I think for me, I think Bulls fans need to take a step back and, you know, get the emotion out of it and just be logical. And I think that's not, I think that's the problem. A lot of Bulls fans are not being logical here. 
You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago on the hashtag Football Friday, the last one of the of this uh, season. <laughs> but right now, as Lakina mentioned at the top of the show, we're in our basketball power hour. We're discussing the Chicago Bulls right now. Lakina, as we said before, the Bulls, as you mentioned, they're right in the thick of this thing in the Eastern Conference, right in the middle of the pack. Because look at the teams around that are terrible. Miami, Indiana, who had a tough loss last night at Golden State. We'll discuss that after mm-hmm. the break. Look at Atlanta. Brooklyn, Orlando, as you mentioned, we mentioned on the last couple of shows, they coming, they came back, they're coming back down to earth a little bit, but they're still hanging around in the eighth, ninth spot. So, the Bulls, as I said before, I'll say it again: you cannot, cannot, cannot wish for other teams to fall right to you. Got to go out and take care of your business. This week they have done that, but can they do that for the rest of the season from here on out? That question remains to be answered. And that's gonna really gonna be the key here, and and like I say, it'll be interesting to see with the bull, with the Bulls. You know what's gonna happen. Guys are gonna have to step up. They're two games uh, below five hundred as we're recording recording this. They play. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be very interesting to see what the Bulls decide to do because I I think look, it's gonna get a little bit. This schedule gets a little bit tougher for them. Look, they got they actually got out of the tougher part of their schedule, oddly enough. So. Uh, you know they're they're kind of at a point in their schedule where they can kind of you know get some wins here. They got the Magic, then they got the Hawks. They go at Atlanta. Well, they got well, they got three games on the road. They got at at Orlando, at Atlanta, and at uh, uh, uh Cleveland. So they could probably get maybe two wins of those three. I mean that that Cavs. We we all know how the Cavs we go with two those who play mm-hmm. each other. But they get a, you know get a chance to. You know, get you know, get stack some wins here. Like, of course, they got the Celtics and the Pelicans. They got a nice win against the Clippers, the Pistons, and also the Cavs again. So yeah, they've got the schedule set up for them to kind of actually do some, not necessarily do some jazz, but to kind of get some, like I said, get some wins here. If you play around five hundred or slightly above five hundred, you'll be okay. But just taking a look at that schedule, as you mentioned, Lakina, they always struggle against the Orlando Magic. The Magic has had the Bulls number over the last couple years. Atlanta is slightly below them, in my opinion. They didn't trade Deontay Murray. We'll get into that on the flip side of this break. But Atlanta is average at best. Is is Murray and Trey Young, and if you throw in Clint, Clint Capella, okay. But outside of that, that, that roster is trash. So you, you would think you could at least split with Atlanta. If you can steal that win against Orlando tomorrow night, Saturday, I, I think this Bulls team would be okay. I th- they should still be able to beat Atlanta twice, but the way this Bulls team has been consistently inconsistent all year long, Zach or no Zach Levine, P will or no P will, uh, this kind of it's kind of the way the the way this team has been playing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we talk about a one and two stretch after these next three games, Lakina. But realistically, they should be two and one. Yeah, they really should. So. Uh... We'll be interested to see what happens with that as the second season sports. On sports, we've got Lakeena McGee, Steve Brown with you. Now, what? Now, uh, you know, before we go to break, you know, of course, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA. Now, what, what trades, some of the various trades that have, that you know, came down the pipe, especially in the last couple of days, what trade kind of got you thinking, hmm, or was there a trade that, like, okay, what, 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 what? <laughs> what, what gave you those, any of those reactions? For Dallas Mavericks, picking up P.J. Washington from the Charlotte Hornets in exchange for Grant Williams, who was who was on the Celtics last year. If you remember that series in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler gave him the business both physically and verbally. But I digress from that. But and and the Charlotte Hornets get a first round pick from the Dallas Mavericks as well. But I think PJ Washington is going to help out tremendously for the Dallas Mavericks, especially from the defensive standpoint. As we talked about, Lakina, I'm not expecting PJ Washington to be that third quote unquote third 
guy offensively to help out Kyrie or Luka Doncic, but I expect P.J. Washington to do to do the dirty work as far as playing defense in the interior, rebound, and, and, and add some scoring here and there. There He did that with Charlotte over the last few years. I think he'll do that here for Dallas. Dallas is right in the thick of things. You, even though they had a depleted roster last night, uh, just like the New York Knicks, uh, they did enough to win. So I think Dallas did this house of service from a basketball, uh, from a roster standpoint. Also, too, uh, Kelly Olenek going to Toronto. That I didn't expect. You know, Utah has been playing well over the last month or so. They decided to part ways with him. Uh, they kind of left me scratch my head a little bit. So uh, I was worried about that. But uh, the Lakers didn't make a move, which most of us expected. They didn't make a move. Of course, the Bulls stood pat. And I really want to get into this on the flip side of this break. Patrick Beverly going from mm-hmm. Philadelphia to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, let's so let's talk about that after the break. But yeah, that that uh I think another trade that's getting a lot of pub is uh the Braun Bardanovich trade. He went to, of course, I know the Bull, I know Bulls fans were trying to hope they can get him to the Bulls, but he ended up going to Knicks, of course, after uh OG Ovanavi had to have surgery. So he's gonna be gone for a little bit. So I think that's probably why that they made that trade. Yeah, we'll see if Bodanovich can make a difference for the Knicks. I know that. I, I know that Bruns has been, you know, struggling with that knee, that uh, ankle injury, I should say. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what what does what he does there. I think the Washington trade, I think, will definitely help Dallas give him a little bit more depth. I think that's really what they need more than anything. So yeah, I think. Look, nothing really. I mean, yeah, that that that, that you know, that last trade you talked about, yeah, that that was a head scratcher because Olenek's been one of the reasons why the, the Jazz even had this kind of like you know a little you know, like beef up a little bit. They've been playing pretty, pretty well lately. So I'm a little surprised that they, they decided to part with him. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk about the Deontay Murray trade. Cause uh, not, or, or non-trade, I should say. Cause uh, yeah, I think Atlanta might have not made a good move, but uh, we'll talk about <laughs> it. And we will talk about that uh, that oh uh, that that Murray trade that wasn't, and uh, the whole uh, more of course we'll talk some uh, more uh, more NBA as uh, the Pelicans got a nice win against the against the Clippers earlier this week. And also, too, you all, uh, also, too, uh, with uh, selection stages less than five weeks away, some big matches coming up uh, for uh, college soups. So uh, the Kingdom of Geese, we're going to continue our basketball talk. This is Second City Sports right here on Sports of Chicago. Like I said, we'll have more uh, round ball talk coming up right after this. Yeah, sorry, folks, we're doing it live here. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the Olympic color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow Miss Lakina McGee on the Twitter X uh, at Kina McGee. Okay, there you go. Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, sorry about that. Uh, you can follow me at Takita McGee at, on the Twitter, X at Kills Remy and the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left for this external guest we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments to the comment section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so now uh, let's talk about the tr one trade that didn't take place uh, yesterday. Deontay Murray. Uh, I know that uh, Dallas was looking at him, perhaps maybe Miami. I've heard maybe the Knicks wanted to try to go at him too, but they, uh, Atlanta decides to keep him. So what did you think about that? I'm not surprised at all. As we talked about before with trade deadlines in these professional sports, and the NBA is no exception. When you get desperate and get close to the deadline, uh, teams will get desperate. And there's other teams with, with uh, commodities in high demand. They set the prices wherever, wherever they want. They want other teams to be suckers to give into uh, to what they have, but it's not it's not happening this year in 
for the NBA because there's a whole lot more buyers and then there were sellers this year. So that's how we didn't see as many uh, trades as we normally would. But I want to talk about that Patrick Beverly trade from Milwaukee to Philadelphia. As we talked about all year long, Lakina, whether the Bulls should blow it up or not, obviously they're not going to do it now since the trade deadline has passed. But as we said before, you talked about before the season started, Drew Holiday was part of that Damian Lillard trade that ended him up in Boston. I'm talking about Holiday, and he's making that Celtics defense and that team look really good right now, perhaps the best team in basketball. What was Milwaukee missing, as we told you all year long, if you listen to this show, perimeter, uh, a perimeter defender, and they got that in Patrick Beverly. Now, Doc Rivers' uh, record right now is 1-5 ever, ever since he's taken over as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. You guess you can guess how many points that the Milwaukee Bucks have given up in his uh, six games, Lakina? Over 111 points per game. And so, as we said before, that's not going to get it done. And especially when it comes down to the, to the playoffs, even in this high power basketball uh, offensive era that we're living in right now, you still going to have to have a couple of people to stop. You still have to go to have have a couple of defenders to stop people. And I believe the Milwaukee Bucks have that at least on the wing. With Patrick Beverly now, how much does he have left? I think he has some things left. You you certainly don't need him on the offensive end. You just need him to light down the top scorer, the the top point guard. And I think he he can bring that uh, and, and that 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 value is impeccable to this Milwaukee Bucks team. And he also gives them depth too, and I think that was another mm-hmm. reason why they made that trade. So uh, I mean, look, you know, they're one in five since you know. Docs took over, so maybe this will give them the spark that they need. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I, I think hopefully they can get it together. We'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's gonna get very interesting. Let's go, let's go, go quickly for some of these scores from this week. Uh, of course, Denver had a 9 0 run, uh, they beat the Lakers 114 106. The uh, Jamal Murray had 29 points, uh, AD kicked it, you know, with their had 32 leading the way for. The Lakers and uh, but a nice win for the the defending champs. Yes, the Denver Nuggets were leading most of the way. Of course, the Lakers got back in it in the start of that fourth quarter, but they're going through injuries right now. As we talked about with Jerry Vanderbilt, they're perhaps their best defender, wing defender. Uh, he's gone for a while, and uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's been playing very well, I might add, over the last month, averaging twenty four and a half points per game, shooting the ball from the outside at a forty five percent clip from three. Uh, he was nowhere to be found last night. As we said before, Lakina, we'll say it again. Yes, LeBron and Anthony Davis both had to stay healthy, but who's going to be that third guy? And Austin Reeves, he tried his best last night, but it just wasn't enough from an overall team standpoint. Absolutely. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, the Suns got a nice win over the Jazz. Uh, we talked about the Milwaukee loss to Minnesota, 129-105. Uh, Anthony Edwards had 26 points. Uh, AJ Green had 27 leading away from Milwaukee. Of course, talk about the Bulls and the Grizz. We got the you know, Dallas being the Knicks. That's one of the reasons why they uh the Knicks made that trade for <laughs> for Vodanovich. But uh, you know, a, a nice win for Dallas. Uh, Cleveland and Jalen Brunson did not play last night. Yeah, yeah, I know. So he's been uh, but down with that uh, ankle injury. Cavs beat the the Nets. The Magic uh beat uh. Women Yama and the Spurs and Golden State. Uh, Steph Curry hit a season high 11 threes in their win over uh, Indiana. Indiana, they're trying to make a little bit of a run here. I'm talking about the, the Warriors, yeah. And guess who showed up? Kinda Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors. He had a, a 11 points mm-hmm. last night. We talked about that young guys and Brandon Pazimic and Jonathan Kaminga. 
both those guys played well last night. Uh, actually, you know, uh, Pazetnik uh, stepped into that starting lineup, starting next to Steph Curry, starting next to Steph Curry in the backcourt. And, so, and we talked about Clay Thompson being benched earlier this week, and he was he wasn't there uh, at least on the court in, in their previous game against the Brooklyn Nets. So, is the is is the solution? For the Warriors bringing Klay Thompson off the bench, I'm not sure, but Steve Kerr is going to have to try something and try out something fast because even though the Warriors are one game below 500, uh, they'll be out of the play tournament. The season would end would, would end today, so the Warriors got to figure this out uh, fast in a hurry. They're still w- without their veteran point guard, Chris Paul. Well, Wiggins uh, will also make a true. He led the way in the Warriors' upset over Philadelphia, 127-104. Uh, the day before on Wednesday. And uh, the Pelicans got a nice win uh, in Los Angeles against the Clippers. TJ McCollum had 35. But I think the big story here was that Paul, Paul George struggled from the field and from the three-point line. So uh, I think if you're the Clippers, look, it's better to have these games now than to have it like mm-hmm. during a playoff game. So, you know, he didn't have his best game this season. He, he admitted that. But uh, look, it, it look better that it happens now. So, uh, look, it happens. Yeah, as we talked about in our last show, the Clippers were winners of twenty-five out of their last thirty games. It's just a stumble here, and um, you wouldn't be—I wouldn't be too worried if I was, I was a Clippers fan. Uh, Teron Lewis has done a masterful job all year, basically due to the health of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Russell Westbrook has been doing a great job coming off the bench. James Harden, you, you don't have to ask him to do too much; just be a playmaker and take the shots that he needs to take within the flow of the offense and you'll be okay. And that's what's happening to the Clippers. Like, like you said, Wednesday, Wednesday night was just a bump in the road. And I think the Clippers, as long as they stay healthy, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be a dangerous team that you do not, I repeat, do not want to play come playoff time if they stay healthy. Yeah, nothing to worry about there. Nothing to worry about here if you're a Clippers fan. Miami got a win against the Spurs. Uh, Detroit with a nice upset win over Sacramento. Jaden Ivey had 37 points. And they released uh, Killian Hayes. <laughs> go, fig- <laughs> go figure. But it's nice to, uh, for Monte Williams. Congratulations to him. They actually won their, uh, their, their last two games. They got an upset win in overtime last night uh, at Portland against against the Portland. So the, it looks like Detroit's starting to finally starting to turn around a little, little bit. And so hopefully they can get some type of chemistry going and to establish themselves for next season. They're so far in the hole, but it's nice to have some nice morale if you're a Detroit Pistons fan. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they might look it up. Might be looking up over there in the Motor City. So we'll see uh, about that. Cleveland, uh, no trouble with Washington. Boston uh, pulled away from Atlanta. Toronto beat the Hornets. Now going into Tuesday's games, of course, the Suns got a nice win against the Bucks. Speaking of uh, the one in five Bucks since Doc's took over, uh, Devin Booker had 32 points. Giannis had 34 and a losing effort there. Utah with a little mile upset over OKC. Uh, of course, the day with upsets because, of course, that was uh, probably probably just a big upset when the uh, when the Bulls beat uh, the T Wolves. Uh, the the Knicks uh, outlasted the Grizzlies. Uh, the Heat beat Orlando. Dallas, no trouble with Brooklyn. And uh, if you took the over on this one, you had a nice little Tuesday night as the Pacers beat the beat the Rockets 132-129. As <laughs> uh, our good friend, hope we can get him on this podcast soon. Jason Golf, formerly 6-7 to score here in Chicago. Now his uh, on the host of the Ringers uh, on his own podcast, the full goal. The NBA 80s on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty much. Uh, you know, Apostle Scout had 29 points uh, leading the way for them. Anything else? Anything else, NBA really before we go to these uh, this this weekend's games? Uh, as I mentioned, like I said, the Warriors did beat the Nets on Monday, but Klay Thompson was not seen on the court uh, at the end of the game, as we talked about before uh, a couple of uh, minutes ago. Do you bring him off the bench to, uh, to help his confidence? We shall see the Lakers. They, they continue their trip uh, on the East Coast. They beat the they beat the Hornets the other night, 124 to 118. The Cavaliers beat the Kings. And the Mavericks, um, they beat the 76ers by 16. As we talked about with Philadelphia, with Joel and B having that surgery, hopefully they can get it back right before the end of the regular season. But uh, if you're Philadelphia, you lost your last two games, you, you're going to be trading treading water until the end of the year. You hope the NB comes back, but if he doesn't, uh, your season's in deep trouble. Especially you got other teams like I I I I'll up the Bulls right there. You had the you know the the Heat yeah. right there too and also the Pacers. So uh yeah it's a little bit of a log jam in that Eastern Conference. So at the bottom part of it after the fifth seed. So uh gonna be very interesting to keep an eye on there. Going to this weekend's games tonight Friday, you got Atlanta and Philadelphia. That's the first game the NBA TV doubleheader. Of course, uh, ESPN has other TV commitments, so uh, no uh, doubleheader for them uh, tonight. Uh, Washington and Boston at 6.30. You had Houston and Toronto at 6.30. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, we'll see if uh, PBA plays. They host the Hornets. Uh, Denver and Sacramento will, will keep be a good game. And the second game, the NBA TV doubleheader, you got the Pelicans and the Lakers. That's 9.30. Yeah, Zion versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. That should be a fun game to watch tonight. Tomorrow, Saturday, your schedule looks like this. The Bulls will face the Orlando Magic on the road at 6 o'clock. The Thunder will face the Dallas Mavericks uh, in Dallas. That's a Saturday afternoon NBA TV game. That's at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. The rest of the Saturday schedule looks like this. The Pistons are at the Clippers for a Saturday matinee. The Spurs are at, the, at, the, at Brooklyn to take on the Nets. We have Memphis. Going to Charlotte, two bad teams there. Philadelphia, Washington, Houston, mm -hmm. traveling to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. The Pacers in the Knicks, that should be a sneaky good game. Hopefully Jalen Brunson will be back for that one. That his size will be up in the air. Cleveland at mm -hmm. Toronto. The Saturday night game on ABC will feature the Phoenix Suns at Golden State to take on the Warriors. The Seth Curry versus Kevin Durant. And we'll have the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, traveling to Portland to take on the Blazers in the Rose City. If you're ABC, you're feeling pretty good because both these teams are playing well. So that should be a fun one mm -hmm. over in the Bay Area tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. And uh, only two games for Super Bowl Sunday very early on. They got the 1 o'clock game on ABC. You got the Celtics and the Heat. The Heat are playing a little bit better. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And uh, 2 o'clock should be another sneaky good one here. You got Sacramento and OKC. Right there, the thick of it in the Western Conference, you know, with the Clippers now, you know, the Suns are right there. So, yeah, it's going to be a log jam, that Western uh, Conference. So, uh, yeah, it's getting a little bit, getting a little little crowded there uh, at the top of the West. But uh, we, we all thought that was going to happen. So, uh, it's now it's now happening. Yep. Uh, don't forget, Oklahoma City picked up Gordon Hayward from, from Charlotte as well. Mm -hmm. I know he hasn't played much at all this year I'm talking about Hayward, but he definitely gives uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder so much in the veteran presses and some more outside shooting as well. Definitely. So we'll see if we can make a difference right there. And it has a little bit of playoff experience too. So maybe that that's probably mm -hmm. why maybe they uh, help out to, you know, to get into playoffs. And that's just go for this week weekend in the NBA. 
You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina hang out here with you on the hashtag Football Friday. We'll have our Super Bowl preview coming out with Mr. Al Sacco from the 49ers Red Zone Podcast. No huddle. We'll preview the big game, the 50th edition of the NFL Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. But right now, we're continuing our basketball power hour. Let's head into the hardwood on the college side. Lakina will start out locally here uh, as – the Northwestern Wildcats get a big win at home. As we told you on our last show on Monday, this could be an elimination game in terms of seeding and coming up with the Big Ten tournament within the next three or four weeks or so. Northwest, Northwestern gets a huge win at home by 12 points, beating Fred Hoiberg's Nebraska Cornhuskers 80-68. Yeah, uh, they really needed this one after what happened against Minnesota on uh, last Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And and also, too, uh, with Nebraska, unfortunately, they still don't have a win uh, on the road in the Big Ten. So, uh, 0-7 if, now. Yeah, if anything, that, if anything keeps them going to the tournament, I, don't, I think they're kind of like right there near the bubble. But if you're uh, Fred Horvath, you want to try and get a uh, – you need a road win to kind of like – at least get a couple wins on the road to kind of uh, beef up that resume to kind of balance out some of the home teams. But, uh, yeah, look, a nice win for West. Uh, Boo Booey uh, led the way with 22 points. So, you know, and also, too, the Bastos throw from the three-point line. So that, unfortunately, didn't help them. So, uh, you know, a nice little bounce-back win for uh, the Wildcats. And don't forget, Barnheiser as well contributed with 14 points coming off the uh, – actually in the starting lineup for the Northwestern. Also, too, you got uh, Langborg who contributed with 18 as well. Yeah, balanced scoring throughout that starting five for Chris Collins and crew for the Northwestern. So, as you mentioned, they shot the ball well from the outside at a 40% clip from, from three while Nebraska struggled from the outside. Also, too, rebounding Northwestern at a plus seven edge at 36-29. Also, that was, that was key. And the Wildcats stepped up defensively, creating 17 turnovers from the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, that basically killed them there. So, uh, uh, yeah, so a nice win for Mouse Backward from Northwestern. Uh, Clemson got, got only a second-ever win against North Carolina uh, you know, on Tuesday. Um, you know, a nice win for North Carolina. To kind of, uh, well, for Clemson, I should say, kind of like, you know, Give a little, uh, give a little bit of bump to North Carolina. They were on a roll, on a roll lately. Uh, UConn took care of business against uh, Butler. Uh, Houston, no trouble with OK State. Baylor beats Texas Tech. Iowa State beat Texas. South Carolina quietly moving up the ranks. Uh, they, you know, they had no trouble with Ole Miss. Uh, Kentucky with a nice bounce back win against Vanderbilt. So did Dayton at, against St. Joe's. Oklahoma beat BYU. Utah State, uh, well, Nevada actually lost to actually beat Utah State. Uh, San Diego State, no trouble with Air Force and New Mexico. No trouble with that high altitude in, in Wyoming. Yeah, going back to last night, um, Penny Hardaway's crew, the Memphis Tigers, they got a comeback win last Saturday against Wichita State at home. They followed up with a big win on the road at Temple last night, uh, being the Owls 84-77. to David Jones, who hit the game winner last Saturday, he chipped in with another 23-point effort, and he yeah, gra- also grabbed 10 rebounds. To stay right there in that striking isn't any American conference going mm-hmm. back to Wednesday. Auburn got their revenge against Alabama uh, at home. Uh, Michigan with a nice win uh, against Wisconsin. I know uh, which Michigan has not had a good year this year, but uh, mm-hmm. being Wisconsin, I'm sure that uh, that makes Michigan fans feel a little bit better. Uh, Duke, no trouble with Notre Dame. And uh, Tennessee, no trouble with LSU. Yes, and a couple of the scores to pass along as we go through the Tuesday schedule. Rutgers get a big win over Maryland, 56-53. to You mentioned South Carolina with the upset over Ole Miss, 68-65. to 
Yeah, Clemson, you mentioned uh, also, too, they, they beat North North Carolina. Uh, they came as a shock. You know, Northern Illinois, I know they've been having a bad year, but they, they get a, a rare victory over Miami of Ohio, 62-59. to 59. So congratulations mm-hmm. to uh, the Huskies in DeKalb. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> go Huskies. I attended that school for a couple of years, so we still have a little mm-hmm. place for them. Uh, like I said, UConn uh, took care of Butler, 71 to 62. Uh, they're the defending national champions. I'm not saying they're going to do it again, Lakina, but the way that this this college basketball season is turning out, Lakina, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. Most people would, but I wouldn't. That's just me. Well, I think last year, and I think if you ask a lot of UConn fans, they kind of they were kind of surprised that they ended up winning it last year. Yeah, <laughs> they got hot. Yeah. Uh, they got hot late, so. Uh, you know, this is actually even this is actually even better than last year's team, oddly enough. So, uh, yeah, they're showing you why, too. Uh, number one consistently. Also, uh, Providence with a nice win on the road against Creighton. You know, Creighton, that's not an easy place to play right there in Omaha. So, a nice win for Providence uh, there. And uh, going into uh, this weekend's uh, tonight. Oh, matchup. real quick, Lakina. Real quick. I don't uh-huh. want to cut you off, but let's give uh, Darnell, uh, Darnell Valentine oh. some love at Loyola University yeah. in Chicago. They got a big win over George Mason on Wednesday, 85-79. So uh, hopefully we get more than Illinois and Northwestern into the NCAA tournament to represent the state of Illinois. They, Loyola Chicago could be the third team from this great state to represent uh, the land of Lincoln in the NCAA tournament. Let's see if they can keep it going. Yeah, they're right behind Dane in the A-10 standing. So uh, mm-hmm. they, they could they could you know, perhaps be a bid stealer. So we'll see what happens to that. Now, speaking of Dayton, going to the, uh, tonight's game, they got – uh, they go uh, on the road against VCU at 6 o'clock on ESPN2, also on ESPN+. Plus. San Diego State against Nevada. That's going to be on CBS Sports Network. San Jose, San Jose State and Colorado State on FS1 at 8.30. And going into tomorrow's uh, matchup, some big ones here Saturday. coming up. Yep. Uh, UConn and Georgetown at 11 a.m. That's on FS1. Wisconsin home to big bounce back from their loss at Michigan. They go, uh, they go, they continue on the road at Rutgers at 11 a.m. on Big, Big Ten Network. Alabama and LSU at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, speaking of uh, Chicago, they face George Washington on ESPN Plus. Clemson and uh, Syracuse, uh, they're on ESPN too at the same time. Western Illinois hosts UT Martin on ESPNU. They're kind of right there in the of that Summit League Conference. They can perhaps maybe you know get us get a bit get get a bit in that conference tournament too in a few weeks. So uh some look out for there. Creighton hoping to bounce back from the loss of Providence. They go on the road against Xavier at 11:30 on Fox. South Carolina hosts Vanderbilt at noon on e, on SEC Network, I should say. At you, one o'clock. Uh, oh, no, you just gonna say you I think you were just gonna say they go ahead. Yeah, Boston College will travel to, to Cameron Indoor Stadium to play the Duke Blue Devils, or rank number nine right now in the country. That's at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Saturday on ESPN. At the same time, on big CBS, we'll have number 10, the Fighting Illini, as, as Illinois will travel to East Lansing to take on Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spots. Michigan State has recovered nicely. They have a record of 14-9, where Illinois has a 17-5 and record. Big game for both teams. Let's see if Illinois can win a tough game on a row. They've done well uh, there recently, but we all know around this time of year, Tom Izzo's teams usually has his guys ready to prime for the Big Ten tournament in the, the bigger tournament in March. Also, Michigan State really needs to win to kind of freshen that resume. So, being Illinois, and Illinois is still fighting with Purdue for that top spot in the Big Ten. So, uh mm-hmm. 
big game, your big uh, big game there at TCU and Iowa State at one o'clock on ESPN two. As we go into later afternoon games, Providence at Butler at one o'clock on FS one. Uh, Got to go all the way down here to the, the late games. <laughs> uh, West Virginia, Texas on the uh, Longhorn Network. Let's see my oh yeah, we're well, number three, North Carolina at mm-hmm. at the University of Miami. That's at three o'clock on ESPN, the big ESPN tomorrow. And also at the same time on CBS, number seventeen, Kentucky will host Gonzaga. Call me crazy, Keena. The way that mm-hmm. both uh, both teams are playing lately, it looks like they. Now it looks like it is. They're going in opposite direction. It looks like Kentucky has been improving, uh, sort of. Uh, we, we talked about the struggles of Gonzaga all season long. I think this is more of an elimination game for them. If Gonzaga loses this one, you're going to have to win that conference tournament to uh, to qualify for this year's NCAA tournament. This is my opinion. No, no, I think you're right. And uh, they were, Kentucky's been playing very well lately, Gonzaga. I don't know who was scheduled this in the middle of the year, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> That is weird, but uh, um, yeah, but it should be it should be an entertaining game nonetheless on uh, at three o'clock. Uh, same time on ESPN two, you got Houston number five Houston going in the road against Cincy, Texas Tech. Yo, they've lost a couple in a row, hoping to bounce back against Johnny Dawkins and his uh, Golden Knights of UCF. Murray State hosts Evansville. That's on the Ole Missouri Valley Conference action. Chicago State against South Carolina State on FS one. You got Ohio State hosting Maryland. We go to the nightcaps. Yeah, St. John's Rick Patino squad will travel to Milwaukee to take on number seven Marquette. That's at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on FS1. We have Drake, no, not the rapper, Drake University <laughs> versus Bradley, uh, representing the state of Illinois in the Missouri Valley Conference. That's at 5 p.m. on ESPNU and ESPN+. Plus. Going to into the prime time, we have Michigan at Nebraska, 5.30 Central Standard Time on the Big Ten Network. Illinois State will take on Southern Illinois at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. That's a big game for the Southern Illinois Salukis as they try to keep up as well in that Missouri Valley. And going to the prime time schedule, Indiana versus number two, Purdue. That's at 7 p.m. on the Big Fox Network. Gus Johnson and Jim Jackson on the call there. And we'll also have a, my schedule could a prop up. We have Kansas State at number 23 BYU. That's at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. Yeah, uh, Kansas Kansas State uh, with that big win against Kansas. Uh, they're 11 0 in overtime, so uh, don't face your own tank. His uh, guys will go to overtime with them. So, so <laughs> yeah, 11 0 this season. Speaking of Kansas, uh, they host uh, Baylor at 5 o'clock on ESPN. That should be a good one there. Y'all know that place is going to be rocking as usual with Fog Allen, Tennessee, and Texas AM on ESPN. Uh, CBS Sports Network, we got UNLV against New Mexico. That should be a fun one there at the pits. Uh, Bo- uh, Boise State against uh, Utah State. That's at 9 o'clock on FS1. Arizona and Colorado at 9 on ESPN. And uh, San Diego, uh, the Fire Sea Lavas, they uh, face uh, Pacific. That's on ESPN+. Plus. And I believe I think I know there's I think there was a couple of games. Let me get up here a couple of games for a Super Bowl Sunday as we go to break. I know our buddy Al's coming up a little bit, but uh, Florida Atlantic against uh, Wichita State at 11 a.m. on ESPN two. Seton Hall and Villanova that's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Northwestern hosts Penn State that's going to be on Big Ten Network. So they got to keep it going there. I'm talking about Northwestern. And uh, your your guy Penny Hardaway's uh, Memphis Tigers they face Tulane at one o'clock on ESPN two with a little American League American Athletic Conference action. 
All right, so that's your schedule for this weekend in college basketball. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as we get into our Super Bowl 58 preview with Mr. Al Sacco from the 49ers Webzone Podcast, No Huddle. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, hashtag Football Friday, the power hour now. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X, and the IGSCK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X, and Kids going in the IG. 
We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch us right now live and on demand at Sports Zone Chicago on Roku TV. All right, Sid, uh, as we kick off our Super Bowl 58 Power Hour, we're going to be a, you know, a great guy, you know, our new friend to help us preview. He's the co-host of the No Huddle Podcast for the 49ers. And, uh, yeah, look, if you listen to it, you know, anywhere where you get your podcast and visually, too, on YouTube. So let's welcome our new friend, Mr. Al Sacco. Hey, Al, what's up? How are you doing, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me. How are you? Good, thank you. All right. Yeah. Now, no, oh, you go ahead, sir. Sorry. <laughs> no, before we get started, Al, um, we all know that the 49ers have come up short these last couple of years of, of uh, getting to the big game. They're finally here now. Uh, what was your expectations before uh, before the season started? Was the Super Bowl a bust, or did you expect another uh, disappoint, disappointing ending at the altar? I think it, it had to be Super Bowl or bust because when you look at this team, one, just the Niners in general have been in the NFC Championship game seven the last 13 years. I don't have any titles to show for it. The Shanahan era 49ers, you were four out of the last five years, the NFC title game. They lose the Super Bowl in 2019. They seem to come up short every year for whatever reason. And, you know, it's been kind of gut-wrenching losses. And this year, as you look at the core group that they have, the window is not going to be open that much more for Trent Williams and George Kittle and Eric Armstead and just the guys that have been around for a really long time. Even Christian McCaffrey's in his late twenties. So you maybe have with everybody another year or two, you know, George Kittle even said it himself at the beginning of the season. You know, they understand that with contracts and things, it's with the core, it's the time is getting shorter and shorter. So I think the Niners knew this year, you know, they had a mission. They knew this was the season to get to get the Super Bowl win. And that's where they are. So yeah, even if, it's it's tough to say right now the season's a quote-unquote success unless they win the Super Bowl. They kind of have to get it done at this point. They've been knocking at the door forever. They have to finish the job. Yeah, they haven't won one in like 30 years almost. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of weird how, how that's been that long. But do you think Kyle Shannon feels a lot of pressure because – you know, we think about his dad, you know, his dad has three of these. And of course, you know, he and, um, you know, Christian's father, Ed, you know, they won, you know, multiples, multiples to go. So do you think there was a lot mm-hmm. of pressure on him to kind of get this done? Yeah, well, I don't know if Kyle himself, at least he's not saying publicly that he feels the pressure. But when you look at where he is, it, this is a huge legacy game for him. We were talking about this on our re- most recent show. He's eight and three in the playoffs. He has the highest winning percentage of any active coach in the playoffs. And there has been, he's one of four active coaches now that Belichick and Carroll are coaching with multiple Super Bowl appearances. It's McVay, Tomlin, and Andy Reid are the other ones. There's been 26 head coaches to appear in multiple Super Bowls in the history of the NFL. Only four of them have not won at least one Super Bowl. So Kyle would be the 26th. So he's got a, this is again, a lot of pressure on him to, to, to get that Super Bowl. And I think if he gets it, he goes into the next stratosphere of coaches. If he has, with the success he's had in the playoffs and in the regular season, with him being a champion, with him having that ring, he goes to me in the top two or three coaches in the league. And you can even maybe start talking, uh, is he a Hall of Fame head coach, you know, with with a championship? But he needs that title, I think, to get there. So I think it's a huge game for him. Whether he feels the pressure, I'm not sure. But I think legacy-wise, yeah, for sure, it's huge for Kyle. All right, let's start out with the preview against the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, it all starts with uh, uh, superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I just saw the stat on ESPN. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, for the first half of the season, the 49ers, 
dialed up the blitz, uh, 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 the blitz coverage, but they dialed it back uh, for the last half of the season. On the opposite, the quarterback pressures they were down through the first ten weeks of the season, but the quarterback pressures increased throughout the second half of the season, including the playoffs. So, all I'm saying is, how would you uh, defend Patrick Mahomes? Would you? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say you're going to. I'm sure you're not going to blitz him the majority of the time, but. Uh, what kind of uh, schemes and coverages would you uh, give to Patrick Mahomes, especially now that he has a, a, a running game with with Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, I'm not sure there is a way to really defend Mahomes. I mean, he, he doesn't have the talent around him that he's had in previous years, but he's kind of changed the way that he's played where he's just managing the game more. He's got this great defense. So during the regular season, I think I saw a stat where he didn't have back-to-back -back games without a turnover. And now he hasn't turned the ball over in forever, it seems like, at least not in the playoffs. So he's changed the way that he's playing. He's being more of a game manager almost and just letting the defense kind of help them win games. But in terms of defending them, the Niners had a lot of trouble stopping the run. So that's the first thing. They have to stop the run in this game. I would bracket Kelsey, double-team Kelsey, and then put their best corner, Mooney Ward, maybe on Rasheed Rice and try to make those other guys beat you because they don't have much else other than those two in the passing game. But, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's impossible to sack. You know, he's going to extend plays. So it's always scary with him on the other side of the ball. We saw it in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Like, the Niners' defense dominated that game. And then the last three series, Mahomes got it going, and boom, there's 21 points like that. So um, he's, he's really difficult to defend. I hope they can get their pass rush going, just at least make him a little bit uncomfortable. But – I don't think there's a defense Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> well, so undoubtedly, I think that's going to be the key here, Hal. Uh, but uh, let's go to the Niners' uh, offense now. Of course, we know you know Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, of course, Debo and uh, mm -hmm. Brent Ayuk, and the, and, the, and George Kill and the rest of that group. Now, do you do you see you know the 49ers trying to kind of mix up a little bit? You know, use maybe Elijah Mitchell a little bit here and there, maybe you know bring in for our house use Juwan Jennings probably not just as like a you know like a decoy but at least moment as like kind of a, you know, a blocker so uh, do you think they're kind of going to mix it up a little bit to kind of confuse the KC defense I think this is going to be a McCaffrey game uh, with the way that KC struggles against the run and, and, and 21 personnel and the Niners are, are so good with that base package with use Chuck and Kittle and Debo Ayuk and McCaffrey I think you're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey this game I think the Niners are going to run right at them also when you can get the Chiefs in their base defense um which they struggle a little bit more. The Chiefs also play man-to-man -man a lot, and the Niners have been terrific against man-to-man -man this year. Um, they're one of the best man-to-man -man team offenses, and I'm trying to find that I had a stat. So the Chiefs have played man coverage on 52% of opposing dropbacks, uh, which is mm -hmm. the fifth highest rate of any team. And on third down, it jumps to over 60%. And the Niners have averaged an EPA of 0.39 for play versus man-to-man -man defense this year, which is um, the best other than the 2020 Packers in the, in the last decade. So. That bodes well for the Niners. Um, if Spagnuolo likes to blitz, Purdy's been phenomenal against the blitz this year. Against free rushers, he has a QBR of over 80, and league average is 44 in that for that stat. So he's been really good there. But what would worry me a little bit is if, because the Chiefs defense is so good, they've only given up more than 21 points three times all season. If they start to disguise coverages, Purdy is susceptible to a couple throws a game where you're like, where is he throwing the ball? It was almost picked off or whatever. So if they disguise coverages and get a couple turnovers, that would worry me. But I really think the Niners are going to attack them on the ground. Um, McCaffrey's going to touch the ball as much as they possibly can. They'll get Debo involved in the mix in the running game. And that's how I see them attacking in this game. 
We're hanging out with our new friend, Mr. Al Sacco from the 49ers Web Zone Podcast, No Huddle. He's hanging out here with us right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago on our hashtag Football Friday edition, previewing Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Al, of course, with the 49ers, we cannot talk about their office without talking about the star quarterback, Brock Purdy. Of course, he hasn't mm-hmm. looked that great so far through these playoffs, but in the fourth quarters of the two playoff victories against the Packers and against the Lions, he's made the big plays when he, he has to going into this game against Kansas City. What's your confidence level in Mr. Purdy right now? It's definitely high. You know, I think you have to remember he's a second-year quarterback. and He's going to go through ups and downs. It just it happens for any second-year QB. He just happens to be doing it right now in the playoffs because there's been some adjustments for him for, from defenses towards him. So it's under a microscope. But what's impressed me about him the most is he did not play well against Green Bay, and he tends not to play well with a wet ball. But in the, when he needed to be great in the last drive, he got it done. And in the first half, everything, the whole team looked disjointed in the first half against Detroit. But then in the second half, when he had to come back, I thought he was phenomenal in the second half. So my confidence level is high in him. Again, there there tends to be one or two passes that are a little dicey. He's got to avoid that. But other than that, he's got got his head on his shoulders. He's really confident. The team has confidence in him. And where he, the difference with him, where they were with Jimmy Garoppolo, is Purdy's really good on off-schedule plays. So when the pocket breaks down, Purdy's really good at extending a play, making a play where there wasn't one scrambling, getting more yards that way. So that's been the difference with the 49ers offense. And also he'll take more shots downfield and hits more shots downfield than they did previously. So my confidence is high in him, man. And even if he has a rough game, again, he's a second year QB. I think, I think he's going to have a long, really good career regardless. Kind of piggyback off that question. Uh, are, does he kind of feel the pressure or is he just like, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just, look, I'm just enjoying the moment. And, uh, he doesn't seem very nervous, or maybe he maybe he's nervous on the inside. So, do do you feel like he has the nerves? Because I know there are people that are saying that. Well, is this guy really good? You know, will this prove whether or mm. not he's really good? So, uh, what what's your synopsis of all this? You know, I, I, he has times where where there's games where he'll, he'll start out a little bit slow, where it takes him just to get in the groove of the game. I don't know if it's nerves or him just getting used to the flow of the game. But he seems like he's got his head on his shoulders. He seems really confident, and I don't worry about his nerves because of what again what we've seen in the last two playoff games. <laughs> Backs against the wall in both games, and he was calm. He was cool. He brought his team back, and they end up winning game really two games they probably should have lost. So I think he's going to be confident. I think the team is really confident in him. He's he's a special kid. He really is. You know, to to come out and do what he's done as a second year player and a seventh round draft pick, last pick in the draft. He's he, he he's really got his head on straight. I want to go back to the defense, Al. Of course, with the big name headliners and. Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. I really mm-hmm. like Fred Warner, the the linebacker. Of course, he's been named all uh, three times. But call me crazy, but I still don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. I think he's a key uh, ingredient next to Nick Bosa for that 49ers defense. Talk to us about the the importance of Fred Warner uh, in that in that 49ers linebacking core. Yeah, it's huge. And I think you see the similar thing with the Ravens, where there's not a lot of emphasis on off-the-ball linebackers in the NFL. But the teams that have great ones, Fred Warner, and, you know, the Ravens have Patrick Queen and Rokon Smith, and obviously the Niners have Drake Greenlaw as well. Those guys that can take away the middle of the field in the passing game, that can make plays in the running game, that fly from sideline to sideline, they make a huge difference, and they take things away for the offense. And Yeah, I don't think Warner gets enough credit nationally. Everybody will say, like, yeah, he's great. You know, and he's an all pro great. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of the end of the conversation. I feel like there needs to be more emphasis on how great he's been. There have been some tackling issues lately with the Niners team as a whole and Warner a little bit too. So they have to they have to shore that up. But 
you know, Warner's a great player. He's, he's really the engine that makes a lot of the defense go. And I agree with you. I think nationally he deserves more credit. I did see he had a vote or two for defensive player of the year, which I was glad to see. Um, but it's tough. Sometimes it's tough for off the ball linebackers to get that recognition because yeah. they don't have the sacks or the interception. You know, you kind of have to really watch the game to see the impact that they make. Let's say with the defense with uh, Chavarius Ward. I mean, he was on that KC team who mm-hmm. beat the 49ers, you know, to win that Super Bowl uh, about four years ago. So uh, does he kind of have revenge on on his mind? Or and how do you think how do you think of a big factor he's going to be in, it, in on Sunday's game? I'm interested to see what they do with him again. If they put him on Rasheed Rice, or they just kind of keep him on his side, which they typically do. So, but he's he's been great for them this year, and so has uh, Zaminor Lenore on the other side. The outside corners have been terrific for the Niners, and I expect them to continue to do that. Both Ward and Lenore in this game, where the Niners have been struggling, is with the nickel package right now. So. What they're doing is they they put Lenore inside, who does great, but then Ambry Thomas goes to the outside, and Ambry's been getting picked on. He's given up six completions on eight targets for 86 yards in the playoffs and two two long pass interference calls as well. So that's where I think the Chiefs are going to pick on is Ambry Thomas. I don't worry about Ward or Lenore. I expect them to have strong games. But are, are the Chiefs going to go after Ambry Thomas and, and try to get some plays there? That's where my concern would be in the passing game. We're halfway home with Al Sacco. He's the co-host of the 49ers Red Zone No Huddle podcast. He's hanging out here with us right here on the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports or in Sports Zone Chicago. Sealy Kenny here with you, previewing the big game between the 49ers and Chiefs. Al, we, we talk about the big names in Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel on the offensively. And of course, we, we just discussed Fred Warner and Nick Bosa on the defensive side. What Which players should – should 49ers fans and NFL NFL fans in general look for on Sunday? Who, who, in your opinion, could be that unsung hero that no one's talking about right now? Oh, I didn't know that person uh, could be that difference maker. Who could be that difference maker that can that come out of nowhere to make the big play on other or either side of the ball? Juwan Jennings is a guy that I, maybe nationally people don't know about, but he's, he's Niners' third receiver, and he makes a lot of big catches for him, especially on third down. They call him third and one because he does so many so many big plays on third down. And he had a couple big catches in this postseason as well. And there's been games where the offense isn't moving and all of a sudden Jennings comes through with, you know, a 15 yard catch or, or a big third down completion. So he's a guy that I would look for. And the Chiefs do struggle against third wide receivers. So he's somebody who, while he may not be on the field a ton when he is there, he can make a couple big catches and it may not be a touchdown. You may look at the box score and it's two catches for 27 yards. But they were huge catches that extended drives or a big play to get the momentum going when they needed it. He's a guy I think that fans should should look out for. How big of a fact do you think George Kittle's going to be? Is I know you said maybe a, a McCaffrey game, but uh, mm-hmm. what, what kind of big plays do you think uh, Kittle can make? You never know with the Niners because they have so many mouths to feed, and you can have a game where mm-hmm. Kittle goes off where he has two touchdowns or a game where he has two catches. You just, you just kind of never know. So mm-hmm. I think, and this is just – my opinion. I don't have any inside. Uh, no idea. I'm sure nobody has any idea, but I think it's going to be a heavy McCaffrey Debo game. That's kind of my opinion of it because Snead is really good on the outside. He can take Ayuk away. And with Kittle, there's just, again, some games where he's really involved and some games where he's not. But I just feel like this is a game the Chiefs defense is so good. I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about um, it's almost like the Niners are almost like a basketball team where you have just a really good player. You're like, just put the ball in his hands and let him go to the, go to the basket. That's how it kind of is with Debo and McCaffrey, where if, if it, yards are hard to come by, you just put the ball in their hands and, and let them make plays. So I feel like those are the two guys that are going to have big games come Sunday. 
We talk about, uh, talked about stopping Patrick Mahomes early, and we don't know if, if you if you can. We saw what he did last year against Philadelphia. He did that on a bad ankle, so him healthy he's, that makes him that much more dangerous. But how can you stop Travis Kelsey? Because we we uh, at times this year he looked unstoppable, and then for whatever reason uh, he only has one or two catches through the next four weeks. But he's he's been coming on throughout this postseason. How will the 49ers defense try to stop him? Well, yeah, it's interesting because Kelsey looked old for a lot of the year. He didn't look like himself. Mm -hmm. He looked like he was maybe getting up there. And then he took week 18 off and he looks like he's found the fountain of youth. He's been great in the playoffs. So, yeah, again, with Mahomes, I don't know if you could necessarily stop Kelsey. But, again, what I would do is bracket him. I would double him. Just try to take him away as much as possible and make the other guys beat you. Um, you know, whether you use – you put Lenore on him and, and have – Warner out there, you have a safety bracketing and whatever you're going to do. But I think he's a guy you have to double, but also he's a guy who's probably going to get his catches. You know, he's probably still going to, you're going to look up and he's going to have five or six catches, but just make sure they're not huge catches. Make sure you keep them underneath stuff. That's probably the best way to defend it. How big of a factor do you think the old line's going to be? Because we, we, we have our good friend running across, of course, former 49 or one, three Super Bowls. I, you know, I remember he said, you know, we had him on a few weeks ago that the old line is going to be a big factor to the 49ers going far so uh, how do you think the you know, O-line is going to slow down against Chris Jones in that uh, front seven of the Chiefs? That's a worry for me. Um, not Trent Williams. You know, Trent Williams is great. But other than that, we've seen the middle get pushed back a little bit at times in this playoffs. And, and you know, McKivitz does struggle at times on the right side. And they may line up Chris Jones out there. or Maybe that's where Spagnuolo is going to send a free rusher on that side as well. So that does worry me a little bit. Um I feel like they're going to hold up in the run game, but in pass protection, you know, are, are they going to push the pocket? Are they going to force Purdy to be uncomfortable? Definitely a concern for me and definitely a place where I think the Chiefs can expose the Niners a little bit on that right side. And how big do you think uh, Javon Hargrave and Eric Garner said, how, you, how, you, how do you think uh, – or do you think there will be big factors in trying to stop the Chiefs running game, trying to stop Isaiah Pacheco? How big of factors that both Armstead and Hargrave are going to be and start and stopping the Kansas City running game on Sunday. Well, they have to be because the Niners haven't been good against the run. More on the edge. People have been getting mm -hmm. the edge on them. Chase Young has been struggling mm -hmm. a lot. But Hargrave's more of a pass rusher. Traditionally, he's not a great run stopper. I think when people signed him, they're like, oh, you know, we have another DeForest Buckner level player. He's not as complete of a player as Buckner is. And I think you're seeing that in the running game. But Armstead's had a great year. Armstead's another guy where if you look at the stats, you don't see how good he really is and how much of an impact he makes. But they're going to have to play big to stop the run. The whole defensive line is going to have to play big. Until Bosa had a couple sacks in the NFC Championship game, they hadn't been getting home at all. So this is a game where the defense, specifically the D-line, has to play a full 60 minutes. Let's, let's go away from the Super Bowl for a second. Of course, Patrick Willis is, uh, leads a gang of seven that goes into the football hall of Pro Football Hall of Fame later this summer. Uh, I think it's long overdue. I mean, he's probably one of the you know, the best 49ers ever. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Patrick Willis's uh, great Hall of Fame uh, resume. Yeah, if you look behind me, actually, I have a Patrick Willis Patrick Willis jersey right behind <laughs> me in my my basement here where I am. Yeah, I've always been a bit a big Willis guy. He, I interviewed um, Hall of Fame voter. This was maybe four or five years ago, but I asked him, you know, what makes Hall of Famer? Essentially, we were talking about it. And he said, if you're one of the best one or two players at your position in your era. So if you look at Patrick Willis, he was a six-time All-Pro, five-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler in eight seasons. And 
that tells me he was one of the best one or two players of his era. And he's an, again, this has been the theme of everything I've said. You may not look at a stat sheet mm. and say, oh, he doesn't have 15 sacks. He doesn't have 10 interceptions because he's a middle linebacker. But if you watched him week in and week out, he dominated the game. He took away the middle of the field and he flew sideline to sideline. So it's long overdue for him. He's a great guy. You know, I'm happy for him. And he's one of the, if you're a Niners fan, any Niners fan will, will tell you, one, they're huge Patrick Willis fans. And, and he, he's a for sure, for sure Hall of Famer. So I'm glad to see he got it. Last moment or two with our good friend Al Sacco, co-host of the 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Say Lakina, hang out here with you, previewing Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and Chiefs. We'll go away from the game, Al, just for a second. This is my last question for you. Also, I saw in your bio, I almost forgot about this, but you were a former host at KMBR, a legendary San Francisco sports mm-hmm. station. How did you get started in your career, and what led you to uh, doing this 49ers exclusive podcast now? Oh, man. So, yeah, I just kind of started out. You know, this was always a part-time job for me. So um, I just kind of sent in something. This was 49ers Web Zone. They were looking for writers. And I said something and not thinking anything about it and started kind of writing for them. And it sort of just I kept getting offers from different places and just did this and did that and would write for different websites. Um, we started the podcast in 2017. Again, thinking nobody was going to listen to it. But mm-hmm. it kind of ended up taking off and we were getting a lot of guests that like you kind of pinch yourself like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking to this person. Did that for a couple of years. And then I said, all right, I want to kind of try to do something else. And I was with KMBR for the 2019 season. I wrote for them um, on their website. And then after that was over that year, decided to go back to the show and we ended up signing with Odyssey. So we've been with Odyssey for the past few years um, and we work for Odyssey Sports and have been doing that. So it's a lot of fun. You know, it's 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 a side gig for me, but it's something I've. You know, I've been able to cover games and meet a lot of people and do shows like yours and, and be a guest on things. And it's been great. It's been a great ride. And I'll just do it for as long as I can, I guess. No, absolutely. Of course. Uh, all right. All right. Al. All right. Now's a big moment. OK, of course. Obviously, I'm sure you're going to pick the 49ers. OK, so what's the score and uh, who do you think will win MVP? I think the score is going to be in the mid to low 20s, you know, 23, 20, 24, 21, that type of thing. MVP, I said he's going to get all the carries. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to say McCaffrey gets a couple touchdowns. The Niners squeak it out. McCaffrey ends up with MVP. All right. That's been Al Sacco, the co-host of the 49ers Rep Zone No Huddle Podcast. You can catch that podcast wherever you get your podcast, as he mentioned, part of the Odyssey Sports Network. And you can watch it for free right here on YouTube. Just type in 49ers Rep Zone No Huddle Podcast. You can Catch it right there. Al, thank you so much. Thank you very much for joining us today. A great job. Enjoy the game. And we can't wait to have you on next year because I believe our Chicago Bears will be playing the 49ers next season. So even if they don't, I think they do, but even if they don't, we'll have you on this program again uh, next year for our our NFL um, preseason preview for the NFC West division. So great job. Yeah, yeah, great job. Keep up the great work. We'll have you on again starting next year. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. All right. Thank hey, you. Take hey, care. Al. All, right. All right. That was Al. All right. That was Al Sacco from the No Huddle uh, podcast for the 49ers. So we still got a few more minutes left. So we want to, do you want to talk about the Hall of Fame or do you want to uh, you know, do our keys to well, the game? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a quick uh, deep dive into the game. Uh, I, I believe that this game is going to come down to the running backs, Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City and Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers. As we mentioned during our interview with Al, Isaiah Pacheco has come on these last two or three games. You saw what he get, did against 
Baltimore. You may not have all the yards, but he had the important runs. He had that one touchdown the AFC title game. But you saw what he did against Buffalo the week before, and he really carried the day for that Kansas City Chiefs offense. That's the way Kansas City's been doing it all year, as we mentioned, with the young wide receivers and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey having his ups and downs. But on the flip side for San Francisco, we saw what Christian McCaffrey, what the value he brought to the 49ers last year. Of course, Brad Purdy goes down the NFC title game at San Francisco. Everything's leaning on Christian McCaffrey. Philadelphia stops, and there goes that. But this year, with most of their weapons being healthy, that makes Christian McCaffrey that much dangerous. And so I think it's going to come down to the running backs. The 49ers, like we talked about the last two playoff games with Detroit and Green Bay, they were down early and they came back. You can't, even though Kansas City is vulnerable, you cannot afford to go down 20 points against this Kansas City Chiefs team because they've been riding that defense with Chris Jones all year. And if Brock Purdy gets out to a rough start and they trail by 20 points, I don't believe San Francisco is kind of coming back. No way. To me, for me, I think for me, it's going to be the run defense. I think who, which defense can slow down that? Because both, look, both teams have struggled. We, you know, Al said it. Both, you know, I mean, the Forty Nine ers had their struggles with the run defense. So those are uh, the, the the Chiefs. So I'm a little. That's why I was a little bit surprised that the Ravens abandoned that against them in the AFC Championship game a couple of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. and the great thing about it is, is that. The the 49ers have pretty much a little bit of everybody that can kind of like confuse you. Like, okay, you want McCaffrey, okay, fine. You want to use Debo, fine. If you want to use uh you know Elijah Mitchell, you know, fine. You know, you got look, they got guys they can play around with. So I, I think if you confuse, I think that the key is gonna be moving the ball and moving the change if you're the 49ers. Keep Mahomes and the uh, offense off the field. Keep it going. Keep the chains moving and try to kind of wear out Chris Jones, Willie Gain, the rest of that. Nick Boynton and the rest of that Chiefs defense, excuse me. And you know, on the flip side for the Chiefs, the same thing. I mean, you, you gotta it's gonna be hard to try to you know, slow down Christian McCaffrey, force uh Purdy to throw the ball, you know, try to kind of make him rattle him and make have him make mistakes. Cause I think, look, for me, I think it's really gonna be the secondary. I think Chavarius Ward, of course, like I said, he was on the other side of that you know, of, uh, of the ball, you know, uh, with the Chiefs. You know, a few years ago, I think he's going to be really going to be the key. And I was, I would be surprised if Brent Ayuk. I mean, look, we usually have you know guys that come out of nowhere to uh, become big factors. And I think mm-hmm. you know guys like you know Brandon Ayuk, you know, like I said, uh, Juwan Jennings might have a big look. We saw him make big plays. He was at Tennessee. We we see he makes some big catches. So uh, I would be surprised if he uh, makes one here. And uh, look, and I think maybe maybe a Justin Watson, perhaps maybe for uh, for the cheese of Valdez mm-hmm. Scantlin, perhaps. I mean. I think it's really gonna. This is the key. It's gonna be really gonna be the, the unsung hero. I feel like I think this is like this. Just, this support. This support kind of sets up for that. Yeah, like we mentioned about the stars of both teams. Like you said, it it always comes down to who's gonna make that big mistake. Who's gonna be that unsung hero that we we're not talking about right now that can make the big play. But I think it could happen on. I think it could happen on offensively, Kenna. But again, the sense of what we I think we're gonna see with the running games for both teams. I think. That unsung hero will come from the defensive side. Will it come from the 49ers or will it come from the Chiefs? But we all look, we, we, like I said, we used to have these guys come out of nowhere. So uh, we'll see what happens as, uh, of course, we got to go take a really quick break. Of course, we'll talk more Super Bowl. Let's talk about prop vet, prop bets, including, you know, Taylor Swift sightings and uh, Usher's first. <laughs> Uh, Usher, what what uh, Usher's first song is gonna be, and you know all that other uh, stuff, and uh, also of course talk about the Hall of Fame. We talked about Patrick Willis. We'll talk about the other rest of them, uh, the rest of uh, the new twenty twenty four pro football class led by uh, Willis and uh, Devin Hester and you know Mongo and the rest of that group. We'll talk more about that. 
So we got more co- more football coming up next. The Keenan McGee City Brown Sexy Sports on Sports of Chicago. More great art talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Second City Sports and the Hashtag Football Friday Edition, our last one for this NFL season. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. She is Lakina McGee. I am Sid the Kid. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X, and the IGSC Kid 80, 
Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter X. I can't go again to IG. This is our last break of the show for today and for the week. So, if you have any more questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. Okay, so let's do some of these Super Bowl profits because I think some of these are just just flat out hilarious. Just flat out hilarious. Uh, well, let's start with like this the national anthem, of course. Grammy, multiple Grammy winner, country music legend, and uh, great actress Rhea McIntyre will be doing the national anthem uh, for the Super Bowl over in Vegas. Uh, the over under is 80, 87 seconds. I think like the I think the over under is like ninety, but it's gone out to like eighty seven and a half. Do you take the over on the under? Because if you if you listen to Rhea McIntyre, she's not really she's not like a uh, she's not gonna like hold. Well, I think she'll go straight through. Maybe do a little bit, you know, a little higher here and there. So I think I would take the under on that one. I would agree. I'll take the under. All right. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, who will score first? I think I, I, I'm, I'm seeing. I think you know Kelsey. I think is like the tops. Uh, uh, you know, person. Uh, there. Uh, at like minus. I think it's like minus one, like one ten or something like that. And then uh, I think like a few others. You had um. I think Debo, I saw McCaffrey's up there too. I think second they had Debo and uh, Pacheco and the rest of them. So who do you think will have the first, uh, who will score the first, the first TD? I think they didn't say, they didn't say it's for first score. They tried to be slick. So they said first touchdown. <laughs> I'm going to go with our theme here that we talked about in our last segment. Unsung hero, their fullback for the 49ers, Justin Schwersick. I'll go with him mm-hmm. when he would be the first one to score for the 49ers. Oh. Okay. Now that's out of the box for you. Well, here's another one for you. They got the first interception of the game. They got Mike Edwards, of course, former Bear, Tishon Gibson, uh, Legarius Sneed, uh, uh, Lenore, Jair Brown, and Shavarius Ward at plus 1,800. Who will have the first interception of the game? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out to uh the gambit here. I got this from uh, the the USA Today Sports. So this is a yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out to them. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with the former Gear, Bear Gibson. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I probably would. Well, I probably would take that bet. And of course, you know, uh, heads is leading the uh, heads is leading the way with uh plus uh minus one hundred five, and, and and of course tails is uh plus one hundred five. Well, minus one hundred five, I should say. So uh, <laughs> I got those little minuscule uh type of bets uh there uh another one here let's see what's another good one here that we can uh that i can kind of like show you here will will hat mahomes throw an interception yes or no uh yes is at minus 130 uh no is at plus 100 i'll say yes and they got just the reverse for a uh, Purdy, plus one hundred for yes, and the plus minus one thirty five for no. Do you think Purdy will throw an interception? I'm going to surprise y'all. Say no. I would agree. I, I think it might. They may use a running game more than anything, so they may not need to. You have to depend on Purdy's arm too uh, much there. Uh, let's see here. Anytime Christian McCaffrey touchdown, yes, a two twenty. Oh yeah, that's the easy one. Yes. Uh, Nick Bosa. We didn't talk about him too much on uh, our, our conversation with uh, Al uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, will you have two or more sacks? Uh, yes, at plus three fifty. I'll say no. If he gets a sack, obviously it'll be one, but he's not going to get two. 
Okay. Uh, 11 or more receptions for Travis Kelsey, plus 550. 11 receptions or more. I will go with a no. He'll probably have about between six and eight. So I'll say no. Okay. Get that many. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the first play from scrimmage was on the first down. Uh, plus one, plus 340 or uh, minus 150. Minus 500 for no. One more time. Uh, sorry, I, I, I stumbled there. Uh, 340 plus 340 for yes or minus 500 for no. I'll say yes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, first team to, uh, to attend the coach's challenge. Uh, minus 115. Well, well actually, both are, are minus 115. So uh, which coach? Will, will it be Coach Shanahan or Coach uh, Andy Reid? It'll probably be Coach Shanahan. Okay. Let's see here. I'm trying to find the uh, ones that are actually seen a little bit decent. Uh, I guess the over-under is like, you know, like five for uh, Taylor Swift cu Swift cutaways. So uh, it wasn't <laughs> like two, plus 200. Like five, five or less is like plus 200. I think like over 400 is like uh, like six or more. So I've seen some of the other prop bets for that one. I think I'll be the obvious one. I'll say six or more, especially if the Chiefs are winning. You know they're going to win the game. It's going to be more than five. I promise you that. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. Now, going to the halftime show, of course, Usher is uh, doing the halftime show. Uh, the I'm looking at this this one from uh, from the athletic, from uh, uh, courtesy of Bovada. Uh, the first song that Usher will sing on his halftime performance. And I think. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You know, you guess, and I'll show you uh, what the odds. Uh, I'll give you a quick story after I give you my answer. I think he'll open up with yeah, with uh, the song that he did with Little Chris and Little John. I think he'll open up with that. Whether you're Usher fan or not, most most people have heard that song before. So I think he'll open up with that. Yeah, plus seven hundred for that one, which is a little high, but I think you might save that one for last. I think. That that's my that's my kind of like prediction there, because the song was number one on on the the Hot 100 for like what like twelve weeks or so. Mm -hmm. So I I know I know he said he wants to do like our R and B you know theme, but uh you got to go with a hit that that got that made you even more famous. So uh, you got you got to finish up with it. Yeah, so I think that, I think he'll finish up with that one. Uh, my way is actually uh the the favorite at minus one twenty. Quick story. Remember the Super two two thousand and twelve Super Bowl between the 49ers and Ravens, the, the yeah. one that the lights went out. Remember went out, yep. that um, Beyonce performed at halftime, which no one knew at the time. The, the, it was a reunion concert for Destiny's Child. Kelly yeah. and um, and what's her face? Michelle, Michelle. Williams both uh, <laughs> um, uh, appeared. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my childhood buddies, I was at his house and, he, and we bet on, we had a $5 bet on which song would Beyonce will open up with first. Your uh -huh. boy chose Crazy in Love. I turned a five dollar bet and, and won thirty five dollars thanks to nice. you, boy. Nice, good, nicely done. All right, so uh, yeah, so if you know, look, if you if you know, look, I think my ways that kind of like the odds on favor there, but uh, some of the other, like I said, uh, uh, uh yeah, as I plus seven hundred, I think people they think that's a long shot <laughs> to that one is from Bet GM. Uh, OMGs at plus one seventy five and love in the love in this club plus seven hundred as well and DJ Guy is falling in love that's uh, plus eleven hundred so uh, 
that part of it. I'm, I'm sure it's going to have some new music too as well. But uh, yeah, this is a that's what some of the songs that are. This occurs at BetGM. I'm really looking forward to this halftime show. Of course, nothing has been said on which guest stars is going to appear on there. But I, I'm really, really looking forward to this show. Of course, both of us are at the age that we remember him starting when he was 14, 15 years old uh, in the mid-90s with his first album, his second album, uh, My Way, which really went mainstream. And then, of course, his career took off from there. Of course, we mentioned the song. I believe it came out in 2003, Yeah, with Ludacris and, and mm -hmm. Little John. That brought him in and brought him with a new generation of fans that are younger than us. And so that which that's kept him going. You mentioned all the other songs that follow afterwards. So Usher's been doing it for close to 30 years. So I'm really looking forward to what he has in store. I remember Usher when he first appeared on Star Search back in the like the late 90s. And uh I remember Evan Man in the old interview, this was from like many years ago, but uh, he said that, look, you know, if he kind of like shapes up, loses a little bit, because he had kind of that, that baby face, a little bit of the baby fat at the time. So, and, mm -hmm. Ed, you know, Mr. McMahon said if he loses loses that, he can become a big star. And well, you know what? Uh, I, know, I know Ed's looking down and saying, yeah, I, I was, he was right. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this too. I think, look, he's got the catalog. We said when it first, uh, when it was first announced, so. You know, I, I think this will definitely be one of those things where I think, look, you, you look, we'll see what how it kind of transpires. Of course, everything's kind of top secret. I'm sure we'll see Little John and Ludacris, of course, for yeah. And I'm sure, I know there are some people that said that. Um, I, I know there was somebody else that that said they might, they probably thought might make an appearance, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this goes. I know some people said maybe Taylor Swift might sneak up in there. Like, why would he? Do that? I, I don't see it. That's just me. I don't see it. Yeah, that seems a little silly that he would do that, but uh, you, you know, people are pushing it, you know, whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think this is gonna be a good one. I think this might be one of the more memorable ones. But look, we all know, uh, probably the most memorable one was the one in uh in Miami that in rainy Miami, the late late Prince. Nothing will top that. I'm sorry, that Super Bowl touch. Mm -hmm. He did it in the rain, mind you. Nothing will top that one. Of course, Michael Jackson, of course, you know, back in the mid '80s. But uh, those are probably the ones that that might be the tops for me, but uh, I don't know about you, but yeah, I think that that's one of my favorites who will have time shows. Well, we'll see if well, mm -hmm. last year was actually pretty good. And of course, the year before that was solid as well. I think we'll see if this one kind of tops those. I, I think it will. I, I remember that one with Michael Jackson. That was the January of 93. That was the 92 Dallas Cowboys. That's when they played the Buffalo Bills the first time in Pasadena. Of course, that, that was legendary in itself. Of course, Prince's performance during that Bears Colts Super Bowl. I heard someone say this once. I think I said it here on this show before. Prince's halftime performance was better than the Bears' second half. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Bears only You're scored three right. points after that. So I'm not I, blaming Prince. I'm blaming the Bears for stinking it up in that second half. But uh, Prince's halftime show was amazing. Remember, he had the uh, Florida. Uh, um, FMU, uh, the black, yeah. the story Black College band yeah. uh, performing with them, so that was that mm -hmm. was awesome. That was a yeah, definitely probably one of the better ones. So and they did it in the rain too. So yeah, I don't know how they were able to carry all that stuff in the rain, but you know the drum yeah. majors, but uh, you know the percussion guys, and you know, but yeah, they were able to. I commend mm -hmm. them for that. I'm sure they all had to dry off really well after us from Princeton yeah. too. Right. So anything else, of course, before we do our predictions? Uh, do do they have? On your list of which color Gatorade yes. uh, for the victor? Yeah, let me get that up for you real quick. Uh, purple is a favorite at plus 20, 225. Then blue, mm. then yellow, green, then red, pink. 
450 orange, 500 in the clear at 1,000. Let me go with the red pink. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, since the red, both teams have uh, red. Okay, I can, I, mm -hmm. I get that. I always think you can never go wrong with a blue Gatorade. So, like, you can never go wrong with that. So I'm sure someone will have, like, maybe, like, yo, yellow or green Gatorade. I think, I'll, you never go wrong with, I'll go with yellow and green. I, I think that might be, okay. you can never go wrong with that. So, uh, okay, interesting. And one more, um, a couple more, but one more. This one, since uh, this is on my mind. Odds for Super Bowl MVP. You know, I have you know, I haven't looked, you know, I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll see if okay. I can get it from my sheet. But, uh, of course, you got the quarterbacks, of course. That's, uh, you know, but uh, I'm sure McCaffrey's probably, uh, hold on, let me see if I can get that up, get up, get up here on the computer real quick. Because I haven't seen it anywhere, but uh, I'll take a look at it. Uh, we all, I think the last person, not last non-QB to win it was, I think we're all the way back to when Seattle won, um, you know, against, uh, Denver, so I'm wondering, like, you know, could it be I think it was Michael God? Smith? Yeah, who won that one? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So, uh, hmm. so I'm, I'm wondering that too. I mean, will it be a QB? Will it be Christian McCaffrey? Could Debo maybe perhaps be one? So, uh, he would not uh, be a bad pick. Who would I'm talking about Debo Samuel? He would not be a bad pick. Not at all. So, okay, so I got this one up for the New York Times. Let me, yeah, because I know that for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They'll be the favorites, but I think that for the for a long shot, Isaiah Pacheco could be a uh, could be a, a Super Bowl MVP candidate. Yeah, they got nine hundred for a running back. Yeah, that's what Yo Pacheco and McCaffrey uh, plus mm -hmm. twelve hundred for Kelsey plus two thousand for Debo. They that's mm. what I'm looking at. The, yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, Debo's not a bad choice, especially if it, if this game's going to be close, which I expect it to be. Like I said, he could make that big play. I think it could be a pick six. I, I feel like somebody from the defense, like I said, I think if Ward might make a play since the iron the, the whole the old irony of it, you know, the fact that he was on the other side a, a few years ago when these two teams played each other. You got a lot of the principal guys that are still on there on both both ends. Okay, here yeah. we go. Uh oh, yay, thank yay, thank you, uh Sportsky. You got uh plus one twenty for Mahomes, plus two twenty-five mm -hmm. for uh, Purdy, this is MVP, folks. 450 for McCaffrey, uh, 1000 for uh, Kelsey, plus 2000. We talked about uh, plus 2500 for Pacheco, plus 5000 for uh, Rasheed Rice, and uh, plus 6000 6, for George Kittle. Hmm, forgot about George Kittle. Hmm, I think for for George Kittle, he'll probably had to score multiple touchdowns and have close to 10 catches. That's just me for him. I'm not saying it's impossible, but. I think for George Kittle to win MVP, I think he'll have to have some wide receiver tight numbers, like eight to ten catches and two touchdowns. If one of them has to turn out to be the game winner, that will definitely help him. But I think for Brock Purdy, Lakina, for Brock Purdy to win MVP, he has to have zero turnovers, three touchdowns, and over 330 yards passing. Uh, Mahomes already has one, so yeah, of course you're not gonna make. If you if you do, but you're not gonna make any money um, with Mahomes. Uh, I like I said, I think it's time for a defensive guy. I would be. Did they get one from the Chiefs? I don't think Chris Jones will get it, but anybody mm -hmm. else like Nick Bolton? Maybe Bolton. I think maybe. he should have gotten it last year, but yeah, yeah, he probably should have. I know a lot of people. Well, I think it's the way they voted too, because remember, Aaron Donald could have won a couple years ago when the Rams won. So, right. I think Matthew Stafford got it or Cooper Cup. Yeah. 
Staff forgot it. Staff forgot, forgot it. it. Okay. Staff forgot it. Uh. Yeah, like I said, if Bolton, like I said, Bolton probably could say, like I said, Bolton, we said it on the show after last year, Bolton probably should have won it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, on the feet, like I said, on the defensive side, for like I said, I think War, if he makes a big play, like a pick six, maybe mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, he'll, he may need like maybe three sacks or something like that, which I don't think that's going to happen against Mahomes. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Dre Greenlaw. I know his, we, we talked about him a little bit, maybe Fred Warner. He might, he might have a shot at MVP. So yeah, I think. Look, we see all these weird things that happen. We look, we may see the unks like you know they kind of come out of nowhere. So uh, we'll be to see what happens. All right, it's now time for our prediction. Oh, one more. I think this will be an easy prediction, and this will lead into our last subject of the day. Will uh-huh. Devin Hester's record of an opening kickoff return for a oh, touchdown no. for the Super Bowl will be broken? I say no. No, no. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> no, no. Uh, moving on. What's your final score? And who's who, what's your final score? Obviously, who's your winner? Who's your MVP? Okay. Uh, okay. Don't take don't take this that face value, folks. Uh, <laughs> all right. I will say San Francisco twenty four to twenty, and. Well, I know I've been talking about perhaps maybe a pick six, but I think your know, Purdy's going to lead them down the field, and uh, and I think, I I think James is going to get that that game winning TD. I'm going to I'm going to throw a curveball here. I think James is going to get the the, the the TD, and whoever and I think Purdy will win MVP. Okay, I will go Kansas City twenty four, San Francisco thirty, and my Super Bowl MVP will be. Going out the box here, Brandon Ayuk. Ah, and I think I, saw, I think it's like a plus like three thousand. So if you pick Ayuk as your uh, your Super Bowl MVP, yeah, you might be making some money. Yeah, I can see that. Let's go crazy, folks! Let's go crazy. Of <laughs> course, you can watch uh, the 58th edition of the NFL's championship game. They call it the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, the actual game time will start at 5:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch that game. Here, in the United States on CBS. Also, we stream on Paramount Plus. And remember, for all all you guys with kids, they actually going to have a uh, alternate version with, of course, Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson is going to be mm-hmm. a very busy man uh, this yes. weekend. It'll be on Nickelodeon, and I think it's going to stream. Both versions are going to stream on Paramount Plus. So, uh, take your pick, and uh, yeah, you'll get, they're already pretty. It's going to be like the highest rated Super Bowl ever. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yep, we will see. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina here on our last hashtag Football Friday of the NFL season. Lakina, let's close out the show with discussing the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. We'll, we will have three former Chicago Bears defenders, uh, two of the three Chicago Bears, former Bears players. Two of them are d- defenders. They'll be joining the prestige class coming up, as you mentioned, later this summer. Yes, they will. Let me get the list up here. Uh, of course, Steve Mongo McMichael finally getting in. I know uh, Christy his wife's been very uh, vocal about it. I think I think all, I think all the other guys have been too that played on that those uh, '80s mm-hmm. teams. Of course, Richard Dent's already in. He you know, presented the news to uh, Christy and uh, Mongo. It's hard seeing him like that at that at yeah. this point. That was a that was kind of tough, but uh, could help a tear up there. Um, also, uh, wait, we'll, we'll get to their individual accomplishments in a second, but, uh, among others, of course, Devin Hester finally got in. You probably say he should have gotten in a couple of years ago, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Julius Peppers, who made, I think like what, six all pros. Yay. 
Yeah, those are the former your former Bears there. Of course, you got Dwight Freeney, former Colts, uh, won a Super Bowl against the Bears. Uh, Reddy Gretishier, who, for those of you who are not old enough to remember, he is part of that orange crust during uh, with the Broncos through the 70s, uh, went to a super, couple of Super Bowls there. Of course, they lost a couple, lost both of them, unfortunately. Uh, but Gretishier, probably one of the best linebackers, you know, from uh, the, 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 the first, like, 50 years of the, of the league. Also, too, uh, you got Andre Johnson, the first Texan to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, good for him. One of the best wide receivers. Uh, you probably say, you know, outside of the vault. We talked about Patrick Willis, who, uh, with Al, probably one of the best premier linebackers in the league. You know, just a, uh, you know, really great, uh, linebacker there. And, uh, that completes the, uh, list. Yeah, I think, yeah, I got everybody. Um, so, so what do you think about this class? Yeah, it's a very interesting class. Congratulations to all the one, all the players that were, uh, that were selected. I'll start with the Bears first. Of course, Steve Mongo McMichael is tough what he's going through right now health-wise, but it's been long overdue. Of course, we can name all the other uh, Bears players from the 85 team that's in the Hall of Fame, but Steve Michael, Michael was the anchor of, of the interior of that defense. We talk about Dan Hampton and Richard Dent on the outside as pass rusher. Steve Michael, I believe it was top five of top 10 in career sacks when he retired after the 1994 season. Remember, he played in Green Bay for that one year, mm -hmm. and then he retired, but – he was top 10, I believe, in career sex, top five, top 10 at the time, which was 30 yep. years ago. So uh, mm -hmm. he put up some great numbers. He spent the majority of his career in Chicago. He played for New England his rookie year, then, of course, played the bulk of his career uh, with the Bears. Of course, he ended his career with, with Green Bay in 1994. So um, he, it was long overdue for him. Julius Peppers, I remember him playing college basketball like you did, Lakina, at mm -hmm. North Carolina. He was a stud there. He could have been a heck of a basketball player, but mm -hmm. he stuck with football. He had a a, a very uh, he had a great career. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl early in his career with the Carolina Panthers in 2003. They should have beat the Patriots, but your kicker, John Casey, decided to kick the ball out of bounds after they tied the game. <laughs> he did a great boo-boo, but Shout I digress. <laughs> but yeah. and then he comes to Chicago. Uh, that Bears team in 2010 should have went to the Super Bowl, but uh, Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith uh, did not prepare to pick a, a quality backup quarterback, even though after Jay Culler got hurt in that game, but I digress from that. And then, of mm -hmm. course, uh, Peppers ends his career uh, with the Green Bay Packers, almost helping that team get to the Super Bowl in 2014, but that NFC title game in Seattle during that year, was, which was not his fault, it was, it was his teammates' fault. But Julius Peppers made a uh, big impact wherever he went as a pass rusher. He wrecked havoc and really changed the game of of pass rushes uh, for the players uh, during that era, especially now that we have quarterbacks playing at a mobile le level. And, of course, Devin Hester, he is the greatest kick returner of all time next to Deion Sanders. Now he gets to join Deion Sanders in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Devin Hester made a mark. Uh, from the word go. He, remember, he was a rookie in 2006 when the Bears went mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl. His very first game in Green Bay, he had a kick. I think it was a uh, – no, it was a punt return for a touchdown. Punt return. Yep. Yeah, and as Bears radio voice Jeff Junior, Jeff Junior calls him the Windy City Flyer, and he continued all throughout his career. Of course, I believe he ended his career with the Atlanta Falcons. I think he broke the record for most kickoff returns in the career in the Falcons uniform. 
uh, he ended his career with Seattle. I'm, my brain reminded me of a, a couple years later. He got picked up for a couple of games there. But throughout the heart of his career, Devin Hester changes ch- changed the game. He changed uh, the game with his returns, with his presence on the field. And so, like, as you said, Lakini, he should have been in a couple of years ago, but I'm glad that he's in, in there now. Yeah, if you go outside of the uh, of the Bears, like I said, Randy Grant is here. Like I said, part of that uh, great Orange Crush uh, defense for uh, Denver in the '70s, and you know, with the seven Pro Bowls, I mean, probably one of the best like linebackers in the inside. He was the center of that of, of that. So uh, a really great linebacker. I've seen some clips of him uh, from back in the day, and uh, that that those those Denver teams were actually really good. He was a, a unanimous All American at Ohio State. All the way back, well, 1973. I remember I saw him, uh, you know, from close there. Those games against Michigan. So uh, yeah, a really great defensive unit. That's I think they're finally getting their due. That's great to see. Andre Johnson, probably one of the like maybe the top like wide receivers. Um, did it for only a short time, but even even still, he surpassed 100 1,000 receiving yards seven times. That's unheard of, especially you know back then in the early aughts and. You know, he I don't think he even played the playoff game, did he? I think maybe he played only one playoff game, if I'm not. Maybe, maybe no, no, you know what? No, yeah, I think he played like a one playoff game. That was like later in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a just uh, just just astonishing that the stats that he did it just a, such a short time. Um, you know, first player elected you know for the Texas, so that's uh that's a big you know get for that franchise. He still is a franchise leader in most receiving yards, even still. So. We'll see if C.J. Stroud kind of helps uh, somebody, one of his uh, receiving guys, out for uh, that one. Of course, of course, Dwight Freeney, uh, one of the you know another like you know defensive end, also the outs- he played on the outside line backing uh, as well. Uh, of course, w- was a big part of that Super Bowl winning uh, Colts team back in uh, '51. Sorry, sorry, folks, <laughs> sorry Bears fans. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he has a hundred twenty-five uh, and a half uh, total sacks, hundred forty-eight quarterback hits. 138 tackles uh, for loss. That's probably among the most ever. 47 forced fumbles. That's one of the, that's NFL, that third all time, uh, you know, tied for third all time. Probably one of the best uh, outs, uh, well, interior uh, d- d- defensive ends, you know, ever. And of course, you know, we, you know, we talked about it without earlier, uh, Patrick Wills, another linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, you know, a great career. Uh, he started right away at San Francisco, you know, you know, the, he won the Buckets Award uh, uh, in the second year. Just a, 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 an amazing talent. Uh, you know, you know, had ten tackles during that Super Bowl. He lost to Baltimore. Uh, was one of the reasons uh, why they even got that far. I'm talking about the 49ers guy that that year. He was named to, uh, to the NFL All Decades team in the 2020 teens. So, a really great list of of guys and uh, I'm a little bit surprised that Tory Holt didn't make the list nor Antonio Gates I mean I, I would have thought Gates would have gotten in first ballot but who would you take out on this list so uh I I, I don't know who would you take out here but I was going to say if Andre Johnson did not play a playoff game not saying his numbers weren't great but if you did not play a playoff game that should make a bigger case for Brandon Marshall uh getting in but but we'll say that arguments are from the Brandon Marshall side for another day but if, if you those couple of names you just mentioned, I will put in Tory Holt and make Andre Johnson wait a couple more years. Because I think Holt was probably like, if anybody, I think Holt should have probably gotten in before Isaac Bruce. 
And I'm sure he'll even, if you ask Bruce, he'll even tell you that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a little surprised that Gates didn't get in first spell. I would have think he would have gotten in for sure, but I mean. Hopefully he'll get in next year. Maybe, because he hopefully. came in, he was after the prototype, so the Shannon Sharps and the Tony Gonzalez's uh, and those guys making those tight ends, wide receivers, that position being glorified as being a, a, a being a weapon as the NFL turned the century, turned the page into the new century of using those tight ends in the, in the offensive lead that we that we now see today. Yeah, definitely changed uh, the perspective of the tight ends. He was definitely he and Gonzalez both. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get in. I'm sure we'll get in next year. I, I I think he. I definitely think he will. Jared Allen also too didn't get in. I think he probably will have to wait maybe a couple more years. So mm-hmm. we'll see uh, what happens there. Now, do you want to know who's going to be uh, first time eligible next year? Yes. All right. Some of the names: uh, Eli Manning. Hmm. He'll Luke, he'll probably get in first ballot one because of his last name. Well, wait a minute. I think. Well, well, wait a minute now. I think he might look. He already he holds a lot of the records for uh, the among the franchise among the Giants. You know, two Super Bowl wins. You know, he helped. You know, perhaps you know derail uh, the uh, the Patriots from getting the uh, defeat. Like, let's give him a little bit of credit because his last name. That's why he's gonna get in first ballot. Oh, first battle. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Luke Keekley, I mean, do you think he's going to have to wait? Yeah. He, I don't think he did it long enough. I think he was, look, he was great for those Carolina teams, but I just, you know, he didn't do it long enough, in my opinion. All right. This is where it gets interesting. Out of Vinatieri, you think he gets in the first ballot? Probably not, because they usually make the special teams guys. Yeah. Play. Yeah. That's what I say. He should be in, but like I said, they treat special teamers like crap. So you saw what they did to Devin Hester. So. <laughs> out of it, Terry. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's got to wait a bit. Terrell Suggs. He's got to wait a couple of years. All right, uh, Marshall Yonda. No. Okay, another interesting one here, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> if they bring him in, he's not going to say much. <laughs> he might say thank you and good night. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> You know, he actually been, he actually has become some of a, some of a media darling, so he might well. I don't yeah, he's a, yeah he's appeared in a few commercials, so and like some people like him, but I don't know if the media is gonna uh, uh, vote him in. That's Just, the thing; yeah. people love him, but some of the media don't like him. Yeah, that's gonna be the thing. Earl Thomas. He's gonna have to wait. All right, another interesting one here. Joe, a couple of ones coming up. Joe Staley. Ooh, I think he'll get in, but he'll probably have to wait a year, maybe two. All right, the late Demarius Thomas. Probably because of his situation, he'll get in right away. If does he'll if he doesn't get in next year, he'll probably get in the year after. All right, uh, a key to leave. No. Hmm. Okay, another interesting one here, Mister Vernon Davis. Well, my single Terry be there to you know, kick him off the stage. I want oh, winners. <laughs> oh Lord, like they'll do a little sweeper here to get him off the stage. Davis I guess. didn't give him credit. For, he's like, I, I, I needed that. Uh, it helped turn my NFL career around. So to be fair on that, so I think Vernon Davis is going to have to wait. Darren Sproles. He's going to have to wait too. I know you have to pick a couple of people, but. Uh, like uh, no, uh, most of them probably won't get in their first year. Like I say, except for Eli Manning. 
Yeah, last but not least, Cameron Cam Wake. He's going to have to wait. All right. Hmm. A couple of interesting names there for various reasons. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see who gets in next year. But, uh, oh, gosh. Anything else before we disperse it? Um, it, were there any surprises to you from the NFL honors ceremony on Thursday? I don't, I didn't think so. Lamar Jackson picks up MVP. Uh, Joe Flacco, the Cleveland Browns wins comeback Come player of the year. Mm-hmm. CJ Shroud, office of rookie of the year. I think That's Christian right. McCaffrey was office of player of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I think Kevin Stefanski picked up a uh, culture of the year of the Cleveland Browns, which I said to a couple of people on this show, which it was going to happen because you want, you got to the playoffs when winning uh, with four quarterbacks, each of them win at least one game or more. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. It was really a close one between him and I'm talking about Stefanski and uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to know who voted for uh, Josh Allen, who gave him a first place vote. I want to know who that person was. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. He yeah. finished like in fifth or sixth, so uh, yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson actually, uh, has an elite company. He's the 11th player in NFL history to win multiple MVP awards, joining guys like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jim Brown, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas, Pat Mahomes, Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Kirk Warner. So not a bad list he's joined. Now that bad, let's hope he get, get a Super Bowl before his career comes to an end. Also, a special shout out to Cam uh, Hayward, who won the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year. If you heard his speech, so the beautiful yes. speech, of course, uh, his late father was a one-time Bear Creek Ironhead Hayward. Mm-hmm. I know he's still one well, of the reasons why he uh, the charity that he chose is, is because of his dad and what he went through medically. So uh, that was a uh, you know taking on the legacy there. So uh, congrats to him and a winning uh, Man of the Year. Yes, congrats. Real quickly, Kina, uh, on uh, uh, Cameron Hayward's father, Craig Ironhead Haywood. I don't know if you remember watching HBO in, in, Inside the NFL back in the day when it was um, when it was in his prime on HBO back in the day. I remember, I think it was one on the Bears. He was on the Bears. So I'm talking about Craig Haywood, uh-huh. and they did a feature story on him because remember also too, he was a feature back for a while with the Atlanta Falcons previously before he came to Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was uh, uh, during day one, that's first year here in 93. And they did a story on him. He was really trying to lose the weight. And one of the produce, I forgot who interviewed him. He said, uh, in the, I think it was the Bears that, I think it was the Bears that had the bye week off. He said, What are you doing back here in the facility? He said, I'm getting a good workout and I'm trying to lose this weight. And I was like, That's dedication right there. If that isn't, I don't know what is. I was yeah, like, I, I, I get, I had a totally different perspective on Craig out here at Hayward from, from, from there on. Yeah, I remember he had that when he was at Pitt, you know, when he went to college at Pitt, he was like that too. He had kind of had that uh, work ethic. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so unfortunately what happened to him medically. But uh, Cam, right. is, uh, Cam is uh, living off his legacy. That has been a very, very productive defensive end for the Steelers. Also, too, Will Anderson uh, won a defensive rookie of the year. You know, with CJ Stroud, you know, sweeping it for the Texans. Second straight year, a team's done that. Also, Miles Garrett won defensive defensive player of the year. I know some people were saying uh, TJ Watt. So it, it was a close vote from what I saw. So uh, yeah, not a bit. I'm not too upset about Miles Garrett winning. I mean, I think you know numbers wise, I think that was probably kind of what helped him. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with all the winners. All right. Any special plans for the big game, Lakino, or you just go watch quietly with the family? Just watch quietly. I mean, I haven't, yeah. I mean, I haven't done like the whole party thing in a couple of years because of COVID. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm keeping myself uh, distance from everybody. And plus, with it still being like, you know, President's Day is not until next week. We'll talk about the probably that on Monday. But uh, yeah, I'm keeping it kind of like low key. What about you? 
Yeah, same here. I might go somewhere and someone, a couple of people I know invite me, but outside that, I'll keep it quiet. So enjoy the peace and quiet of a, of a Super Bowl. All right, exactly. Lakina, let's close this thing out and take us home. All right, you can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter, X at Kino Scrimmie and the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're ready, give War Media a follow on all social media platforms at W-A-R-R Media. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'd like to thank Mr. Al Sacco from the co-host of the 49ers Rep Zone No Huddle Podcast. You can check out that podcast wherever you get your podcast, or you can check it out for free right here on YouTube. Just type in that search engine box, 49ers Rep Zone No Huddle Podcast, and you can catch Second City Sports live in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And if you're while you're getting up for the big game, we can catch Sports on Chicago uh, on anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. Just you know, go to your, your your Play Store, type in Roku TV, and if you got a Roku TV on whatever device you have, type in Sports on Chicago. You can catch our replays of our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellows, and a whole lot more. Catch Sports on Chicago, of course, anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. And you know we will provide. And of course, and of course, you know, enjoy the game, everybody. Be safe. You are going to go to the parties. You know, keep it low key. Uh, of course, you know, enjoy all the sports. You got your know, your know, NBA, college hoops. You got the waste management open going on over there, not too far from uh, Vegas, right there in Phoenix. Uh, so you know, yeah. So enjoy the game, everybody. Uh, and we'll have all the recaps for you right here on Monday. For Sid, I'm McKean. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. 49ers, holla! <laughs> <laughs>